Guys, this week is going to be a great week. We have episodes for you every day that we're filming today here at the Elliott Museum, interviewing different people in the industry. Eblis has picked this place to launch their Always Bikes to the professional installer who will sell it to you, to the consumer. These are top-of-the-line EV bikes. You do not want to miss this week's show as Eblis launches their Always brand. Welcome to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, where we talk all things good food, good business, and good cars. And now, here is your host, Arnold Gasita, founder and CEO of Petra Automotive Products. Let's roll. Well, we are excited. We are at the Elliott Museum in Stewart Beach, Florida. And if you have never been to this museum, you have to come and at least look at the carousel where all these cars, it's like a vending machine. You pick with the one you want and all these cars move and it brings you the car that you wanted to view. We're here because Eblis is launching their latest bike to the dealership world um, called Always. So they've been in the bike business, the, the EV bike business for a while. This is going to be a new bike that's gonna to go to the dealership world that uh, you, the consumer, can buy. It's a professionally made bike. It's, it's professional standards, something you would only get in a dealership or the automotive manufacturing world. And today with us, we have Tony Ellsworth, who is actually the designer of these beautiful bikes. You have one right here in front of us. But but this guy is the, the crazy mind that designs these beautiful bikes. Not just these, but a lot of other bikes. So Tony, glad to have you on the show. Thanks, Arnold. I really yeah. appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for taking a minute. You know, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, <laughs> you look good in the shirt. Well, thanks, appreciate it. I, I wanted to make sure I felt you know part of the family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you get a shirt, you're kind of official. All right, right, right. official. So listen, before we talk about anything, let's have some fun stuff. As we sit here in this museum with all these cars behind us, mm -hmm. what is your all-time favorite car? What What is Tony's dream? car that you want sitting in your garage man that's a tough question because i haven't had a chance to actually walk around here today was a pretty busy day i flew in last night and just jumping to get get everything. any car comes to mind besides museum kind of car that you would want to get doesn't have to be y'all it could be you it could be like a new lamborghini or ferrari or well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, to give you a little insight into you said that the crazy mind, and that's exactly what it is, right? So when I was uh, 27, I had a, I had a Porsche 911 SC uh, Targa that I just loved. And then uh, flew out to Tyler, Texas and, and bought that and drove it back to Santa Barbara, California. First car that ever showed me 160 miles an hour. You bought it in Tyler, Texas? Bought it in Tyler, Texas. No kidding. From a financial consulting client who just bought a brand new 928 S4. And he, you know, couldn't find in anybody in Tyler to buy his Porsche. And uh, that's that, a fantastic that's like, story. That's a great car. I'll come <laughs> out if I like it. I'll drive it. Did you route 66 back? Or yeah, you got to take that up north, right? No, I was 27, man. I had to be back to work on Monday. <laughs> well, you had the right car, I guess. Can <laughs> it to win it, man? I just rocking it back, but uh, yeah, that was a, it. Was a great car. I drove that for several years until I had two children and bought a house. Wow. Traded it in on Nissan Sentra with four doors. <laughs> Listen, at one point, I had a Nissan Quest with the kids. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get you know. Yeah, I had a Quest. Great, great little vans, you know. Can can cap on the family. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Hey, uh, what's what of all the places you've traveled? What is your favorite place to go? What is your favorite place 
of all the places you've been to that you like the most? I like home, Arnold. <laughs> Everybody loves home. I do like home. Okay, what's the second best place? Well, let's see. Uh, last summer, I had the opportunity to visit Norway, and those fjords are amazing. Yeah. I'd like to go again and just charter a boat and spend, spend a month or two up there and then just exploring the fjords. Magical land up there. I love that. And I'm going to congratulate you. You're the first person that says Norway. Yeah. But Nor I've been there. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love Norway. In the summer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. For sure. I I, mine was in the summer. Maybe, maybe fallish, I guess. A little rainy, but, but not, not winter. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, I like the great outdoors and, uh, I, I like to be, away from it a little bit and Norway kind of rung those bells for me that's good most recently uh I spent uh I spent a week on a private island in the Philippines in uh, the Palawan area and that's super memorable that was a uh, really really cool I was down there with some friends and just snorkeling and diving and eating off the ocean and just living on this island that was probably the size of a football field that's fantastic yeah that was fantastic too so what's, what's your favorite food ah favorite food I'm a sushi guy. I love sushi. Okay. Yeah. I spent a couple of years in Japan and uh, good sashimi. and you know, the best sashimi and the best sushi. Yeah. Yeah. I like sushi. That's good. That's good. All right, man. So let's talk about the story of Tony. Okay. How did you get in this business? Now we're going to talk about eBliss and the designs and all your awards and all that kind of stuff. But how did Tony get in this business? Well, there was once a little boy and, uh, and he learned to ride a bike. He was probably, you know, like nursery school. And he learned to ride a bike and that bike just opened up the world to him. He could get places that he couldn't get walking. And uh, I just, I fell in love with bicycles at a very young age. And uh, they always meant to me, you know, efficiency and freedom. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, before I had a car, I lived in Eugene, Oregon. And Eugene has a very well-developed bicycle infrastructure. My whole life they have. Like, it just really, uh, you can cross Eugene, Oregon on a, on, a, on a bike faster than you can get across it in a car. So again, it just opened up a whole world to me. I went on to, to race as a junior and uh, lived in Scottsdale, Arizona, and had some friends there, and we, we, uh, we raced road bikes. And, uh, you know, again, the efficiency, the performance... I'd spend, you know, I'd stay up all night and put new parts on my bike and get it all tuned up and go race that weekend and really enjoy the machine and what the machine could do to, to amplify what the human capability was. And, you know, that went on. That love never, never really went away. I was in college and uh, needed a job and I'd never worked in a bike store, but there was an opening at the, at the, you know, the campus bike store for a mechanic. And I went in and I said, I, I can, I can do this job. And he goes, you, you've never had any bike store experience. And I need somebody to get all those rental tandems running. I'm like, I'll get your rental tandems running. He goes, well, you haven't had any bike store experience. I'm like, you give me two weeks. If I don't have all your rental tandems running, you owe me nothing. I got all those rental tandems running, <laughs> except the one that was cracked in the middle. I needed time <laughs> to find a welder. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always loved bikes. You know, when the mountain biking thing took off, so really, in college and after after college, you've you've been in in bikes. Oh yeah. Was there ever a moment you weren't in bikes? Yes. So I graduated from college in international relations, and I went to work for a financial consulting company. Um, I was going to be an attorney, 
But then when I got in my senior year, I'm like, I don't want to be an attorney. Thank God. <laughs> we got enough. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm like, I, that's not what I want to do with my life. That's way too much. And I love my attorney, just so you know. Yeah, just so you know. We have enough. We have enough attorneys. <laughs> be nice to your attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, so I took a job in uh, Santa Barbara for a financial consulting firm. And uh, I was working super hard, really long hours. And then, um, you know, we moved to San Diego and I, you know, I had a couple of kids and bought a house and I, I was away from bikes for that period of my life. And, uh, I just once, one summer, actually, I, th I think I, you know, kind of stressed out and was working really long and kind of had a, a bit of a breakdown. And part of the recovery from that breakdown was getting back out and doing things that I loved, you know, and having, having balance in my, in my young life as, you know, a young father of two with a new mortgage and I'd started my own financial consulting business specializing in retirement plans. So yeah, I really was not very balanced. And so I got back into cycling. And when I did that within, within a few months of doing that, uh, you know, I had some really good friends who said, you know, you, you know, you, you're so picky about the bikes you ride, you should just make your own. And so I did. And it was really nice. And then they wanted one, so I made some for my friends, and then their friends wanted one. So, so is that your launch into the bike arena? You making your own yeah. bike for yourself? Yeah. And a couple of friends saying, hey, that's cool, make me one. Yeah, that's exactly how Ellsworth Bicycle started in 1991. So you, you went out and sourced your own piece? In yep. There was an Easton uh, Elite tube set. It was a really nice 7005 aluminum tube set that was made in Van Nuys, California. And I made one of the first uh, first mountain bikes that weighed less than 22 pounds. And today, that's still that's still a good lightweight hardtail. So, because it refreshed my memory, you have 20 design patents or so. Is that right? I think the number is 14. 14? Yeah, I, I haven't counted in a while. Your, your your boss wanted to me to say 20. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what which one's Bill's counting, but still, I, yeah, 14. I think I think it's 14. Um, Design patents, uh, design and utility patents, yeah, and and international, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. I mean, there were there were a number of you know full suspension mountain bike patents that uh, were patented in the United States, but they they didn't uh, earn international distinction. So when you make this bike for you and your friends, and you open this now business that you know with your talent, you know, kind of came your way and you started doing it. What happens after that? I mean, how far did you take that? Well, I, uh, you know, I built Ellsworth Bikes into a global, uh, global bike brand. Um, always stayed extremely high end, right? So there, it wasn't a volume play. But I mean, you can go to Europe, Germany, yeah, Japan, and Taiwan. It was quality, and, yeah, the quality, and uh, look. I was, yeah, look, feel, quality. You know, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about. You know, my mantra was always to design something that brought some new innovation, some new level of performance, um, some new and exciting thing to the table. Um, I wasn't much of a me too designer. I tend to, you know, lead, lead from the front uh, with design and, uh, and innovation. And I always wanted to make sure that the products that I offered delivered on the promise of that bike. Um, little you know, a little later in my career, uh, I, I teamed up with some, you know, excellent uh, industrial designers and some amazing engineers and, and brought some really uh, benchmark, you know, next level 
uh, full suspension mountain bikes, material management, all that stuff. And so they're beautiful, right? And they're expensive. So delivering on that promise became something that was really important to me in, the, in all design aspects. And you sold that company? Uh, that's, a, that's a whole other story, but it's come back to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Ellsworth Bikes lives and, uh, and we're now starting production on, on some of those beautiful full suspension. Well, that's great. That's great. What are some of the brands you've worked on through your career? Uh, Ellsworth Handcrafted Bicycles, of course. Um, I had licensed uh, products to, or licensed technologies to Santa Cruz, Paro, uh, Merlin, um, Calfee, Greg Calfee. Um, I'm sure that I, I'm not remembering them all right now. You ask me those questions. I, no, it's, it's great. You know, I, I love, I, there's something about you, Tony, that I love is you are a rock star when it comes to designing bikes. But your humbleness. You're so kind to say no, rock star. No. You're, it's been called idiot savant no, before. No. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's my point of that. I love rock stars that are humble. And your humbleness of what you've accomplished and what you've done, I love. Well, thank you. you know, and I think that anybody that meets you will also feed off of that. Just that you're this cool geek guy <laughs> designing bikes. <laughs> That had that are that are worldwide, fourteen patents or so in design, um, at utility, and 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 you're just, hey, I had a Nissan Quest, you know, <laughs> I mean, you're you're it's 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 great, you know, and and you know, automotive industry, bike industry, every industry needs a little bit more of this uh, humbleness sometimes, no matter how how great you've done. But and tell me something, yeah, how'd you how'd you get hooked up with Eblis? Well, so, um, so uh, there's probably two parts of that story. Let's go chronologically, right? So Bill, Bill Clem uh, looked me up in 2006 or so when he was the CEO and chairman of, um, at, the, at the time it was New Vinci, uh, and, and said, you know, I, I want you to get excited about this new transmission I've got. I want you to make a bike that will showcase it. And I, and I did that. And, uh, that, that was the, the original ride bike that was, um, popular sciences, uh, what was to see if I get grandmaster recreational equipment winner. And I think 2007 popular science, the ride, the ride. And it, the whole premise for the bike, the neat thing about Bill's transmission is it was internal, which means I could deploy a belt to drive it. I was one of the first people to deploy that belt at um, worked closely with Gates when they were first coming out with their carbon drive system. And that was one of the first bikes that really was built to, you know, have that end user experience for a non-bike aficionado. So I used aluminum, hydroform techniques, the belt drive, the Enviola transmission in order to have this bike be maintenance-free, greaseless, uh, you know, shifting, you know, like the CBV transmission did, uh, relatively lightweight, uh, the same expanding universe geometry that I'm using in the, uh, the ride and the always, uh, radiant bikes that are here. <clears throat> so, so Bill and I became buddies through that project and then stayed in touch. He was the best man at my wedding and I was there at his wedding. And so, so Bill and I go back probably 16, 17, 18 years, something like that, maybe 20 years. Um, so that's, 
you know, that was, uh, that's kind of how I got associated with Bill. And then um, there was a time when I had, I had sold Ellsworth and it went through some mergers and acquisitions before coming back to me in 2019 or 2020. Um, and during that time, I, I was, you know, pretty tied up with the uh, mountain bike stuff, but I said, you know, I'm, my mind is super active and this e-bike thing is really cool and it's going to make a difference. I'm going to go ahead and make this beautiful bike that, that incorporates and integrates all this great new uh, e-bike technology that's coming out. I'm going to use the best materials because I know how, so I'm going to make one out of carbon fiber. I'm going to use the best technology. I'm going to use the best brakes, everything. And I, and I made the first ride bike, uh, in, in, you know, 2019, that was the radiant carbon that you see here. And, uh, and I relaunched the ride e-bike brand at that time. Shortly after that, some things fell into place and Bill called me and said, you know, we should, we should, uh, team up and do this, this, uh, bike company. And I'm like, all right. Let's call it eBliss. We just need, you know, bring bliss to e-mobility, right? And, uh, you know, we started that and we agreed Bill was going to be CEO and I was going to be CDO and Bill built a business. So, um, you know, that's, that's how eBliss came about. Uh, we merged the ride into eBliss. Um, I developed the Always Bike Line specifically for, um, to be get a little more price point and a little less, I think, disruptive in design than the ride designs were. And uh, so we have two brands under eBliss right now and looking forward to launching possibly a third and offering some uh, fleet bicycles. So eBliss will probably be supplying bicycles and fleets under other brands as well. Sure. So the goal really is to put more people in touch with the fun, health, fitness, and sustainability of cycling and using uh, excellent electronic engineering and integration to complement the best material management and the best designs from geometry to, you know, how, how the you know, you mentioned really that, you know, the, one of the goals is to get, you know, people more in, in touch with these types of bike. You know, I think the, the, and obviously I'm in the automotive world, so I'm going to be obviously slightly biased on this, but, but I think it's real and you can talk to different economists. The, the world is not ready for EV vehicles. Our infrastructure is not there, and the adoption of it is not there, even worldwide, right? And so half of the EV vehicles are sold in the U.S. and California, and half worldwide are sold in China, right? So the rest of the U.S., the rest of the world, it's just not there yet. But when it comes to EV bikes, and I only say this for this, when it comes to EV bikes, people are it. People like it. People get it. People talk about it. There's no problem there. They want to have their car, yeah. but there's no problem having their easy bike. I think uh, sustainability and social consciousness, it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, a, a cut and change everything. Yeah. You know, there's, there's small changes people can make, mindful, incremental changes. It's like, hey, instead of driving my car to the gym and driving around the parking lot to get the parking space that's closest to the door. And then I go in and I work out and I come back out and I get in my car. I could take a bike. I could take an e-bike. It's simple. And it's going to be easy to park. It's just such an incremental change. Yeah. And that, it's, that, it, that will make it's it simple. You can't have change without acceptance. Yeah. Right? right. This is an acceptance. People can accept this yeah. easier, funner. The designs are cool. The bikes are great. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've ridden them. 
Um, so I, I think I think what you say is is true. I think bringing it to people. Um, I, I know that everybody that has seen the bikes, at least when I've been present, love these bikes. They really think they're great bikes. The design is wonderful. It is great. Where do you think? Where, where, what do you think is is in your time back with Bill as you guys created eBliss? What would you say? I, I want to hear what the most challenging moment was, and then I want to hear what the greatest moment was. Hmm. I, I always I always try to think about young viewers, right? So you you know I don't know I've been in this business for thirty two years. I'm not gonna. I don't want you to date yourself, but I've been in this for 32 years. Right. I didn't start like this. Right, right. It took 32 years to get to the point that you're at. Yeah. And everybody wants to fast forward these days. And I always bring, not always, but most of the times I bring this up in a podcast because I won't be able to realize, you didn't just wake up a day and Eblis was a success. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Eblis is today and will be even more, mm. but you had a challenging moment. And you had a greatest moment so far, mm-hmm. you know, and there'll be more challenging moments and there'll be greater, mm-hmm. you know, great moments. But so what was the most challenging time you've been for yourself in Eblis? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, one of the most, I mean, of course, you know, you can say COVID, but I want to be more specific than that. Right. Uh, Eblis is, uh, you know, we're spread out. This is the, this is the. It's been one year since Bill and Billy and I, the three partners, were in the same room together when we launched Tomberlin at the um, PGA show. That was the last time we were together. So we are running it remotely. And I think there is um, just, you know, communication and, you know, staying aligned, right? Especially where, you know, we're, we're a startup, right? We're, we're a relatively small company. And we're moving really fast in a super fast moving industry, right? E-mobility is a super fast moving industry. So I think the challenge there is, you know, taking the time to stay aligned, right? And, you know, Bill's a hard charger. I'm a hard charger. Billy's a hard charger. There's a reason. And we make a great partnership because we each have skills that are, you know, unique. Um, So staying aligned while we're moving really fast and a lot is happening. It's probably the most challenging thing. And of course, COVID and the more difficulty traveling and, you know, I mean, that, that's probably been the most challenging. The greatest thing is that I have two partners that are very complimentary of each other and very complimentary of my skill set. And the three of us together are able to make progress on something in a way that I was never able to do on my own, right? Being CEO, CDO, and COO. You know, now we have three excellent partners that really complement each other very well. Um, that's probably the highlight of it. So we're moving really fast. We're experiencing success by using everybody's combined talents in an efficient. So it's almost a combo of the frustration and the and the great, right? Yeah, the same thing. That's that's difficult. We're all set in our places in different parts of the world, right? Is the same thing that makes us great. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit about the bikes. As we got it here, why don't we, why don't you show us what makes this bike different than any other bike out there? Okay. You know, I think who, who else but the designer can tell us this? Yeah, that's true. I, uh, you know, kind of going back to um, people making incremental changes, right? So when I named, you know, Always Bikes, when I named this brand, the thing that I was thinking of is I want this bike to be something people will always choose first. 
Like they'll go in the garage and go, awesome, I can take my bike. Oh no, I've got a gigantic couch I gotta bring back. I'm gonna have to take the Suburban, right? Yeah. But the, I want them to think bike first. And in order to make that happen, I have to create an experience with the bike when they get on it to just make it simple and fun and rewarding. And so I think it's, you know, I can, I can look and probably point out some things that are very unique to this bike. Um, but I think really the thing that's the most amazing is the, the whole, you know, Quan, if you remember the Jerry Maguire, yeah, yeah. right? The whole Quan of the bike, the just from, and uh, this is one of my favorite things and it's gonna, you go, really, is that really the favorite thing? But I use an expanding universe geometry on here where I basically take the, the angle of the seat and the location of the bottom bracket means that as I put the seat up, the cockpit gets longer. So my wife, for instance, is five feet tall. She can fit on this bike and loves it. And Nick over there, who you know, six three, he can get on this bike and love it. So the, the first thing is just how easy it is to get on the bike. I worked really hard to have this step through area really big and really open. So you can, you know, just very easily step right, right over the bike. And then when you sit on the bike, and this seat's too high for me. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, I'll show you though. I actually have a wrench. And only, only <laughs> the designer would carry a wrench in his pocket <laughs> to adjust the seat at any given time. That's right. <laughs> so when this seat's properly adjusted for the rider, this might still be too tall for me. Then I should be able to actually sit on the seat with my feet on the ground. And this is a big deal. Most bikes with conventional geometry, if you're sitting on the seat, you cannot touch the ground. And so when you, when you go to stop at a stoplight, you actually have to stand on the pedal, get off. That is correct. Put your that feet down here and the seat's up here that's in the middle point. of your back, yeah. right? And so getting on and off the bike for somebody that's not a cyclist, like this is not a big deal for me. I've been riding a bike all my life, right? But for somebody that's not a cyclist, getting on and off, getting the bike started is a different deal. So the geometry and the way these handlebars sit and the way everything works, I don't have to do the conventional bike start where you, you got to get on the pedal and then get yourself up on the seat and ride, right? For somebody that's not a cyclist, that's not easy, right? This bike, you can stay on the seat, put your feet on the pedal, and then when you're ready to go, you just pick up your boat and you go, right? So that geometry is a really, really special thing in the bike. And it's not any one feature, but it's uh, just from your first initial introduction to the bike. You're like, how easy is that for me to get my foot through that giant space? Yeah. How easy I is it for Tony? me? Even I can do it. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> How's your high knee? So, so that's, that's an important part. And then everything on the bike is designed around that premise. How do I make this the bike you always want to ride, right? So uh, top quality components, of course, uh, hydraulic disc brakes. These are things other bikes have as well. Uh, the, we're using a very powerful motor. It's a, you know, it's a 500 watt nominal, right? A lot of people will but their peak, I won't tell you what the peak is. I'll just tell you that it's nominal 500 watts, but it has about 130 um, newtons of force, right? So it's got a lot of torque. The bike does have a throttle. If you don't want to pedal, you can just use the throttle button and it'll take you up to 20 miles per hour. And there's enough power in it that if you just shift it down, you don't actually have to pedal to climb a 30% grade. 
So that's, uh, that's pretty unique. I geared it very, very carefully to make sure that you didn't necessarily have to be a pedaler to ride the bike. Now, if you want to help pedal, it will assist you uh, up to speeds of 28 miles per hour, at which point you're on your own. Right. Yeah. So people are like, how fast will the bike go? I'm like, how fast can you pedal it? Right. <laughs> There's no speed limit on the bike, but the motor will, uh, the motor will assist you up to 28 and the throttle will take you without even pedaling up to 20. Wow. And there's enough power in the motor to get you up at 30%. So you had to pick a couple of things that makes your bike unique. Is it that transmission? Uh, it's, you know, we call it the E-Bliss drive, which is, a, it's the combination. It's the synergy of which motor, which transmission, what gearing, the bell drive, which is, you know, greaseless. I mean, who, who can do this, you know, on your right, chain and no come drinks. back with clean fingers? Right. Mm, I'm going to have some more of the bacon wrapped, <laughs> uh, the bacon wrapped um, chicken or whatever. Yeah, chicken. So there's a number of things that are, that are, you know, unique that are built into the bike as part of the design. I, you know, the, that crazy mind of mine that you, I look at the bike, I'm like, hey, I've got to make it pretty big to get this, you know, 700 watt hour battery in the down tube so it'll go 100 miles so nobody ever has to worry about getting out on a bike ride and then they they have to ride it home manually which you can do so there's going to be tubes that are big and so i looked at it from a design standpoint and said well if the tubes have to be that big then i don't need as many of them and so i've got a kind of a bajas design going on here where you know i've got a big single-sided fork over here we have a chain stay here and a seat stay here no chain stay. It allows the kickstand to fold up nice and tight and lean in the bike. Uh, there's So there's just a, a lot of features of the bike that are really, really nice. Of all the designs you have, is this one of the most popular? I think this is the most popular, yeah. This is a, this is a step through. It's got the geometry. It has the high quality. It's a 27.5 plus wheel. So it's a big diameter wheel. It just rolls over everything. Nice spat tire so that it doesn't get stuck on anything. So this is a really, really easy design to love. This is, this is great transportation. Yeah. I think this is the one that I rode around my warehouse. Yeah? Yeah, right? It might be in green. Uh, no, you you rode the the Anytime, which is it's similar. It is a step through as well. Uh, it's a little tighter and has more conventional geometry. All right. Yeah, we all had fun in the warehouse driving that thing around. Yeah, yeah. That's a good bike too. Well, yeah. Tony, we appreciate you being on the show. I wish you all the success. Obviously, we're part of it. So you succeed, we succeed. Yeah. Thank you for being on, brother. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wheels, Deals, and Meals, your main source for all things good and fun, business, food, and cars. If you like this episode, make sure to rate us and subscribe. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please leave a message at the link below. Till next time, happy eating. Hey guys, I hope you've been enjoying Wheels, Deals, and Meals. You know, there's something that I don't say often enough, but I need to say it more often. If you guys like this show, if you like all of these incredible business people that we interviewed, their stories, how they made it, the places we go to, the foods that, that we eat, the locations we see, if you like all of this, I need you to like it. I need you to share it. I need you to comment. Most importantly, I need you to subscribe. Wheels, deals, and meals. Go subscribe now.